Welcome to And Almost Starring, the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And looky, looky, we got hooky. It's Hook. For better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost starring. Amy Jo, how are you doing today? Oh, Jeff, I'm okay. How are you? <laughs> Doing just fine. Uh, today's episode is another listener request. Hey-o. This comes to us from Nicole. So thank you, Nicole, for writing in and recommended we check out Hook. And if you have a film you want us to break down the casting of, email us at nalmoststarring at gmail.com and let us know. So Hook is an adventure fantasy that came out on December 11th, 1991. That's right. It's turning 30 this year. Yikes. 30 years. 30 years. Time and its inevitable march forward. Uh, <laughs> and was directed by Steven Spielberg, of course, and written by James V. Hart, Nick Castle, and Malia Scotch Marmo. Amy Jo, what is your experience with Hook? Had you seen it before? I saw this in theaters on Christmas Day. On Christmas Day. Oh, what you a better Christmas believe day. it. We would go on Christmas to see, we'd go on Thanksgiving to see mm-hmm. a movie. We'd oh, go on wow. Christmas to see a movie. Um, usually we'd be like at my grandparents in San Antonio for Thanksgiving, but we'd be at home for Christmas. So mm. sometimes, some years we'd go to the big fancy theater in downtown Fort Worth. And I remember... We saw Hook there. You'd be in your top top hat and tails. I'll be in my top hat and tails, always. We would go to the fancy thing. I do remember what I wore, though, because I remember we saw top hat and tails. Yes, we saw Home Alone. Maybe we saw Home Alone on Thanksgiving, but we definitely saw that in theaters. And then I saw this at this fancy theater downtown, and I wore this like bright. It couldn't have been more 1991. Like it was a bright color block sweater with like. Like, I think it was like a black base, but then like bright neon, like squares kind of asymmetrically put all over, but in a sweater. Mm -hmm. So it was like a graphic print, chunky wool situation. (laughs) I probably had a perm. uh, And man, oh man. Yeah, I remember seeing this. And many times subsequently, I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah, but I we watched the crap out of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're saying that you and your brother Aaron, you pretty much you could not. Not a quote. How did you describe it? Where you were like, pretty much as, as the movie went, every, all these oh, quotes came flooding everything back. Everything came flooding yeah. back to me. It's not It's not like Princess Bride where I was like, okay, once I get started, I could probably quote the whole thing. This was right. like, I was like, oh, I could quote a lot of it, but weird moments that were like inside jokes with my brother and I kind of thing. Sure, but once sure. the movie started, I was like, and now I know the exact <laughs> inflective pattern of the line about to occur. Yeah. Yeah. I had not seen this in so long. I saw it a few times as a kid, but it wasn't one that I was rewatching all the time. Uh, I definitely remember this being another uh, cousin watch film where it's just mm. me and the cousin, like someone, one of the cousins had like, he, either they brought the old like, VHS. Right. They're like, I brought my VHS of Hook. Uh, or or if it was just at the grandparents' house that we all were like mm. at, that I don't recall. But I do remember seeing this in my youth. And then when we watched this the other night of how many moments that I was like, oh my God, I of like, that flashback where you're like back to being a kid and you're like, oh my God, that's right. These random penguins running around as Rob Williams is like trying to not step on them by accident. I'm now like, oh, we're yeah. in a Zootopia this, moment this, with another this, climb. This flower obsessed with his crotch. Just oh, right. b- this yeah, flower that was, burying itself in Rob Williams' crotch. was like, watch. Right. But I like stuff that I, all that, that I was like, f- came flooding back all these memories of this like two and a half almost half hour shocking long how long it is uh, for a children's film <laughs> i know so spoilers ahead if you have not seen hook or haven't seen it in a while here's a brief ish synopsis 
Successful corporate lawyer Peter Banning's workaholic lifestyle is straining his relationship with his wife Mara and their children Jack and Maggie. Boy, is it ever. As the family prepares to fly to London to visit Moira's grandmother, Wendy Darling, Peter is distracted at the office and misses Jack's baseball game. Can we can we have a moment of silence for the cell phone duel that occurs, the like quick draw cell phone draw oh, from yeah. your belt? I Him wrote office. I wrote yeah. With some other colleague of his. Yeah, and and some woman knows to do the like, you know, but I wrote, boy, is this ever 1991? Like, we got jokes. We got jokes about cell phones and holsters and what that says about his priorities. Oh, boy. I know. It was something. They were all, I was like, I don't know how you could manage to work with these people that are like following the elevator. Like, we're seeing you off the elevator. Don't let your arms get tired. Don't let your arms get tired for flying. I was like, these people are a nightmare. Uh, I was like, I don't know if I'd rather work with these people or if I had to work with the Lost Boys. If I had an office full of these oof, Lost Boys oof. skateboarding around in, in their shooting hoops. <laughs> shooting hoops while I'm trying to type out a I'm referendum. To type. Exactly. Uh, so in London, Peter, Moira, and Wendy attend a charity dinner in Wendy's honor, leaving Wendy's old friend Toodles and her housekeeper, Liza. Liza. No, it's not Lisa. <laughs> Liza. It's, it's not Lisa, Peter. It's Liza. It's a great a buried joke for, just for me. It would only be better if it was actually Liza Minnelli in a small cameo. <laughs> And you slap like a big poofy red wig on her. You're pretending like it's not Liza. It's Liza. There are, we'll, we'll, I'll go through them at the end, but there are already so many random tiny, teeny tiny cameos in this film. Yeah. You might as well have had Liza as Liza. That's true. Or actually, that'd be funny if then the joke would be Robin Williams being like, oh, and Liza. It's like, oh, it's, it's Lisa. Lisa. Lisa with your that's how you That's how you really <laughs> give it to the like the extremely niche audience that is that there is for there that. For it, yeah. Namely you. <laughs> Man, I'm sure there are plenty of other uh, oh, sure. homosexual males who would be yes. down for this joke. Oh, sure. Uh, when the group returns, they find that the children are missing and a ransom note written by Captain James Hook. Okay, this is actually a scary sequence where they come oh, sure. through and, you know, they've got the, like, the hook, the hook line point. in the wall. Oh, like they've keyed the whole Yeah, <laughs> the yeah whole he really wall. just keyed their house with this hook. Yeah, but then this is an oft-quoted thing, and, and not just between my brother and I. I think this is one of those line readings that, like, you don't remember anything else that this character says, but the children were screaming. The children were screaming is a random, but I, I kid you not, oft quoted line in like that you'll hear just someone do and you'll be like, oh, uh, yeah, Liza. Uh, that wasn't for me. That oh, wasn't, well, you know, not not me. So many others, but not the children are screaming. That's a th- I kid yeah. you not. That's a thing that a person I have heard say in like casual conversation, but in that voice. Peter involves the authorities, but Wendy insists that only he can save Jack and Maggie, claiming that Peter is actually Peter Pan. It's time to tell you who you are. Which I love because you don't see you don't see any of Hook or Smee or any of their pirates in the real world in, mm-hmm. at this point anyway. But clearly they had to have been. So I wish, I kind of wish we had like in the first half hour of this film before we get Tinkerbell, I wish that we had, you'd see like, you see like Captain Hook in the background of the baseball game, just like way over the distance, you see this <laughs> compl- still in like the full giant, amazing red pirate captain outfit. Uh, because on the plane to London, Dustin Hoffman is the voice of the captain. When no. you hear like, and this is your captain speaking, it's because it's How captain have Huck. I never known this? <laughs> now I gotta go back and I know, But scene. I love it if that meant that it was actually Captain Hook flying the plane. If he was actually just stalking them for weeks, which is why ah. he like knows everywhere that they go. Uh, I, I want that subplot. I want, you know, 
uh, Captain Hook. Just magic isn't good enough for you? No, I want I want a whole catch me if you can with Captain Hook as Frank <laughs> as Frank Agnell. He's, pret- he's kind of like BSing his way into being a pilot where he's pretending it's like, that's right, I'm your dead head. Like, I'm just going to sit in this flight. I've got to get to London now. Um, we're traversing the globe. I was trying to, I was going to get his kids at the, after the theater show of Peter Pan, but then I just missed him. And then I was going to get him at the baseball game. And like, oh, dang it. Now they're in London. I got to go to London now. Oh, this ruse. <laughs> uh, but Peter refuses to believe that he is Peter Pan, and while drinking in the nursery, he encounters Tinkerbell. While who... drinking scotch with a sloppy poor hand, like he's he's <laughs> well, kids not gonna. But no, I know, but not not he's not drinking a bottle of milk in that nursery. It's not, he's not drinking a bottle of milk. Well, you have to set up that he's like maybe I'm just drunk. That's so, exactly yeah. what I'm saying. Tinkerbell uses her pixie dust to bring him to Neverland and drops him into Hook's pirate haven, which is also just like. Some giant what should be playground set in Universal Studios. It absolutely, it should, should be like the Universal Studios should have had like the Pirate Spectacular show, where it's just like you go sit in the bleachers and you're seeing like a little pirate this whole battle. Neverland like needs a Universal Land that's just. Never, I'm shocked never that land. there there wasn't sandwiched alongside the ET ride and the Jaws ride. There should be like it should have been the Spielberg trifecta. It definitely, like the the whole pirate set, the whole Lost Boys set, like all of it. I mean, truly, it's like sometimes when I you go see a show at like Lincoln Center or someplace mm-hmm. and like they reveal like some big set thing and you're like, the first thing I think is the, the money. money. And that <laughs> is what happened when they revealed that pirate set where there's also so many extras. There's so many actors just like all moving through space. This These crane shots. I was just like, oh my God, how yeah. long did this take to shoot? It took long and it took a lot of money. This, this movie yeah. went so over budget and so over schedule. Well, uh, I'm <laughs> unsurprised to hear this having just rewatched it with an adult's yeah. eyes. Uh, yeah. Yes. As a kid, you're like, the ma- the magic. Wow. And as an adult, you're just like, the money the it's money. spent to make this. So many extras in pirate costumes. <laughs> So, so, so many. Uh, Surprised to see how weak Peter has become, Hook challenges him to fly and rescue his children, but then prepares to execute him when he fails. Tinkerbell persuades Hook to release Peter instead, promising to bring him back with all his skills for a climactic battle in three days. Uh, In three days, it's going to be a war! Yeah, tick-tock, tick-tock. Peter is then taken to the Lost Boys, who have been led by Rufio following Pan's absence. The boys mock Peter at first, but eventually... With a little help from Pockets of all names, this little kid named Pockets, this little lost boy. That great, just him poking at Robin Williams' face, just being like, oh, there you are, Peter. Now, that's a line that a lot of people will say. Oh, yeah. Yes, that is definitely a more. Classic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I will say here real quick, Rufio Mm -hmm. is a great invention. Like, they, uh, for a lot of things, they really, like, tried to mine the original story, which I think is great. That's what you should be doing. But as far as, like, if you're going to invent a new character, Rufio is a great new character oh it to needs bring it. into oh it, it needs, needs to that help different energy yeah some conflict For into sure. this part of him and the lost boys being accepted i think it works great and he's so great i mean it's such yeah. an iconic character of oh, our sure. of our youth of millennials youth of this the skunk striped like red and black and, and, and the black costume's hair. incredible yeah. and and he's so like menacing and yet lovable yeah. you know it's a it's it, yeah and what a name it's so good it's so good to chant 
Yeah. Rufio, Rufio, Rufio. I went to high school and college with a guy named Chris Ruth, and we definitely would Rufio. call him Ruthio. <laughs> and uh, he was irritated by it for a long time, but eventually, I think that became his like one of his first like uh, email addresses. It was like Ruthio forty two at. That is how there's the one lost boy, the other very tiny lost boy besides Pockets, who you can totally see Robin Williams help mouth his lines oh, along, so he I can. I had do never it. seen that. It was and, amazing. And he, you know that kid definitely pronounces Rufio, Ruthio. <laughs> Yeah, what was it? You need to depend the man. He's the one who always is kind of like sort of half yeah. laughing his life. He's a great big something man. A great big fat. Is it big, a big fat grandpa man? Yes. I, think. I didn't know it was grandpa man until we put on the subtitles. What, like, what did you think he called him? I, I guess in my youth, Grumpy I thought man? I said, no, you're, he's a big fat like crap of man. A big fat. You're a big fat crap of man. I don't even think that. I just think I like made it into gibberish in my brain. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they mock Peter, uh, but eventually recognize him and train Peter while encouraging him to use his imagination to restore some of his abilities, much to Rufio's annoyance. Uh, meanwhile, Mr. Smee suggests to Hook that they turn Peter's children against him. He's got, this is a brilliant move by Smee. And it surprisingly works with only a few days time, although I guess time... Neverland makes you forget. That is true. Yeah, Neverland makes you forget because Jack like starts almost immediately forgetting about who his dad is. Yep. Um, the tactic does not work with Maggie, but Jack is swayed due to his father's recent broken promises where he gets to bust up all those clocks, which looks like a lot of fun. Sure does. You know those places in, uh, you know, in Brooklyn oh, yeah. where you can just go sm- put on some goggles and some gloves and smash the crap out of a bunch of like printers and i am very i have definitely looked them up i'm very interested (laughs) in uh doing this Uh, for my own self sure sure uh hook then has the pirates play a game of baseball which peter spies on while trying to steal his hook dismayed to see jack take to hook as his father figure peter returns to the lost boys camp and discovers wendy's treehouse where she okay wait gotta say the baseball sequence what a delight. Like, it's... Bob Hoskins is me doing all as, a, as the pitcher. in that amazing, like, Old-time, Pirates, pirate oldie time. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So fun. Just And just a really, like, silly inversion of the first scene. Like, a lot of this is a bit overwritten, but, like, scenes like this where it's, like, if we're really driving home the point of, like, the father-son relationship, like, oh, this yeah. is a great way to, like, stick it in the guts. It's just so silly, just from a writing standpoint, to be like, okay, so... In the real world, the dad didn't show up at his baseball game. So what's the equivalent of that in the pirate world? Oh, Captain Hook does show up at his baseball game. <laughs> well, no. They, why, why would the pirates be playing baseball? It should be something pirate-themed. We're playing baseball the game according to Master Jack's rules. Right. <laughs> Very violent game, baseball. Right. I mean, some of these reactions, because the part, because the, the the sister, uh, uh, Maggie, is like, like, run home, Jack. We got, we got to run home. And so the pirates are all like, run home, Jack, run home, Jack. He's like, run home. And Bob Hoskins is to me is like, no, no, you got it. You got it backwards. It's so you, you two groups switch. So then it's home run, Jack. But these actors playing the pirates <laughs> with the signs being like, oh, we're in the wrong position. Like, hup, 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 hup. and there's one especially that like looks to the side sure does. and then looks out and like, oh boy. And it's like, oh man, this guy was really earning his, you know, he's like, I'm a tall He's clown. really earning that SAG minimum. That I'm going to, I'm going to make it work. <laughs> I'm going to be memorable. Uh, yeah, they have this baseball game. Uh, Peter returns to the Lost Boys camp and, oh, discovers Wendy's treehouse where she and her brothers had stayed. Inside, Tinkerbell helps Peter 
finally remember how she took him to Neverland as an infant. Some might say kidnapped. Uh, I mean, <laughs> this kid, he, so he's a baby. He's in a pram that just rolls down a hill while his well, mother is like, too busy talking. Of course to go to Oxford right. and then to a lovely career in law, making time for family and marriage as his father did. And so the pram is rolled to the end of this hill and tipped over and he's fallen. How does she not find him? I don't. Well, because that fairy comes. She's very involved in Convo. Um, and that fairy comes in. But it's like raining. So and I, it's I feel not like time, cloud in the time sky has either passed chatting. or Tinkerbell has helped cause this storm to I don't know. I love that it. The, so she could kidnap this baby. I ran away. It's like you I can't even. Away. You, you can't, can't even crawl. crawl. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even crawl away. Uh, uh, but he remembers Tink took him to Neverland. He remembers all of his adventures with the Darling children. And he recalls that he frequently returned to see Wendy. After the Darlings returned to London, until Wendy grew old, uh, Peter then stayed behind. After I love f- that they that Gwyneth Paltrow grows up to be Maggie Smith when like yeah. Maggie Smith has always looked like Maggie Smith. Always looked like Maggie Smith. I'm like Gwyneth Paltrow growing into Maggie Smith. Like Maggie Smith's a beautiful woman, but they don't have like they don't begin to have similar faces. Oh, oh you don't subscribe to Maggie Smith's goop. <laughs> And and now it, it's Mag- Maggie Maggie Smith's just magazine of how how to stay looking forever old. Just to have you'll if you if you already look forty at thirteen, here's how to keep looking forty so even you when you're ninety like me. All the parts you've ever wanted. I should have subscribed to this magazine. It was a rude awakening to turn thirty and be like, I'm not suddenly more hireable uh, because I no one can tell how old I am because I'm a confusing mixture of not enough age lines and too many. Ay ay ay! Great makeup on Maggie Smith as Truly. as Wendy, but of all the times that we've seen like makeup being used, where you're like, well, like Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future right. too, of like, well, you he does not grow up to look like that. Maggie Smith grew up to look she, exactly like this. She looks just like how they made her look up, only maybe a little bit like chubbier, maybe you maybe. know, but barely. Yeah. Like she looks. It's astonishing. It's right on the how money. good that yeah. makeup. It's really good. Turned out to be. Yeah, uh, and also this is. This whole, like, Peter just shows up and is like, oh, your granddaughter... Seems hot. I'm gonna give her a smooch while she's sleeping. Not I hope that's not rapey or anything. Slash, and now I, I hope love you her. don't mind. So why don't you find me a family to adopt me? And also, I'm gonna marry your granddaughter. This is like, very, like, there's such gaps to be like, wait, what? The loops that it has to jump through to, like, yeah. get that together? It's, see, the thing is, one of the reasons this movie is so long is because it spends a lot of time setting up a lot of plot very delicately like it doesn't rush to establish a lot of stuff so i'm never confused but then this sequence coming like two-thirds of the way through the film is like and then uh, you know this happened we, we got it we got it we got right. it the best i could come up with is that like okay he falls in love with her but they just have to show that to be to right just get us along this flashback a little quicker but I would guess she, Maggie Smith as Wendy, being like, oh, I got to get you away from my granddaughter. Let me find I'll you a family in America. America. Exactly. But yeah, the, no no one in London that would take, take Moira him. Has, ship him as far away as possible. Moira has that line as soon as like they enter and she's like a flurry, in a flurry and a mm-hmm. tizzy. And he's like, what's gotten into you? He's like, this house, this house has gotten into me. Peter, we were children in these rooms. <laughs> so like clearly like he hung out there for a while until he could get adopted. And then mm-hmm. I guess he would just yeah. keep coming back. Back on that's who's what I dime. That's what I assumed is that, well, I assume that he then came back to visit and then was like, oh, Moira, right. And then they got together and went to America. Otherwise, I'm like, because wow. when 
it because Moira couldn't have followed him to America when he was adopted. He's like thirteen. That's why I'm saying like who, like yeah. how the, long? The timeline is he of there? this is peculiar. Peculiar. That's yes, yes, an interesting way of putting it. But yeah, so he gets all his memories back, and then he remembers yeah being adopted by the Banning family in America. Uh, recalling the day of Jack's birth, Peter finally finds a happy thought that restores his power to fly. And it restores his Peter Pan costume. Uh, yeah, he just suddenly... Suddenly has a perfectly tights. fitting adult <laughs> Peter Pan. Not just tights. He's got like the the dark oh, yeah, the green, full, like yeah. little, little, little tunic. Singlet, little, little tunic, yeah. I don't know. It just, it's magic. Oh, I forgot about that. Well, you do see that one great shot when all the Lost Boys are gearing up for battle where the one thing of gear is just like hung by spider webs. And oh, yeah. He yeah. just like runs through it and now he's wearing it. That is fun. So maybe because Rob Williams like flies up through this tree, maybe at the top there is like a Peter Pan costume. So that way Peter could just like fly up and now I'm suited. Now I'm in my suit. So maybe it was like that. It, I'm sure it's like that's an old, what it was. It's a Neverland version of the Iron Man armor that he just like flies into it and now he's wearing <laughs> it. So Peter finds his happy thought. He can now fly. Rufio turns his sword over to him in reverence. The Lost Boys all celebrate. And that night, Tinkerbell professes her long repressed love for Peter with a kiss. She Wait, wishes this... that she could be human sized. Okay, so... We'll get into it when we talk about Julia Roberts, but like, number one, I'm sitting there watching this and I'm like, okay, I haven't watched this since probably my adolescence. She gets big because she wants to? Is that how wishes work in this world? I didn't know we'd established that. Also, why do we need this? We don't need this. We don't need this one little bit. This only exists because this character is played by Julia Roberts. Yeah, the you problem, know, when you make a, when you cast a big enough actor, when you're third build, in yeah. this film, you it, it's you're forcing yourself to then have like you gotta, build more of an yeah. arc, and it's just like I don't know what this is doing here. I've been reading um one of Stephen Sondheim's books, and he talks about when he was making Anyone Can Whistle, and Angela Lansbury was playing the mayoress Cora, and she like goes out to lunch with him one day, and she basically like, puts forth this like argument that she should have another song, and they're kind of talking about it, and there's this pause. She goes. Plus, Lee has four songs. Now you have three. Lee Remick, who is the yeah. lead, had right. four songs. But Angela Lansbury is just as big yeah. a star as Lee Remick at the time. So he's like, fair enough. So It's like, it's like Travolta taking uh, Grease Lightning because Olivia yes. Newton-John had too many songs. Yes. Now. It's like so they could have the same number of songs. So it's a kind of a similar thing where it's just like you're not going to hire Julia Roberts and then be like, well, let's keep her tiny and not in a ball gown. Let's show off that clavicle we paid for. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's just strange. I didn't need it. No. But I did Who like did? I did like that she had taken all the stuff from his wallet and decorated her little house she with it. She fully stole his credit card. Well, his wallet got like stolen by Who stole it? The pirates or the Lost Boys? Don't recall. Someone took his wallet. She clearly absconded with Tink it. But Tink wound up with it and oh, yeah, certainly yeah, yeah. didn't return it. Tink's so not not creepy. If you steal from a thief, you're still another just a thief. Oh, for sure. But, I mean, he doesn't need those also, things right there. speaking of, there's that whole stuff at the beginning where Hook and Smee, they're all like, where, you know, Hook is like, this can't be Peter Pan. And, and Smee has a sworn affidavit from T-Bell. Yeah. From Tinkerbell. So what's up with that? Did Tinkerbell betray him? Did, is this... I, I don't understand no, why. No, she's just saying, I certify that this is the pan. But that seemed to be from the past. That seemed to, It seemed oh. to be that Tinkerbell is the one that, because she's like, no, it is Peter. That She knew where he was. It feels like that they found out where Peter was from her. 
So I feel like there might might be some kind of cut things where mm. she want wanted Peter back, and this was her way to get him back by helping to get his kids kidnapped. Maybe, and or maybe now... that's an affidavit stating that, like, yes, he has a scar from blah 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 blah. Exactly, all that. That I'm like, what? Mm, what is Tinkerbell? I think she well, is Tinkerbell's a secret always, double agent. She's a, a like trickster in the like capital sure. T yeah. sense of like storytelling, uh, like a trickster character. So it's like she's never. All she's she's never in any incarnation of the story operated from a sense of like complete altruism no. or no. any altruism. You're right. It's it always is, about mm, Peter. It's very trickster god Loki. So mm-hmm. um, we're not talking about her yet for Tinkerbell, but I'll say it up front. Better casting, get to me Tom Hiddleston as Tinkerbell. I'm not mad about that. Same outfit, same hair. Yes. It, I would watch it. <laughs> ten out of ten exactly pan and the lost boys fight hook and his pirates the next day we get all this great like paint guns that the lost boys have mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. egg gun with egg this gun? chicken classic that definitely at the universal hook theme park you should have like the everyone gets an egg gun where it's like the balloon like the water gun to yes. like fill up the balloon you got egg guns so you're trying to I don't know, shoot eggs at someone. Or like, you know that Toy Story ride that they have at Disney that you like sit there and you like sit in a little gallery and you have your little like gun and you're throwing pies at people? Yes. That was fun. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. You got to get an, as a kid, being able to shoot eggs, that seems like the funniest thing ever. It's a huge waste, but you could have fake eggs. You're not wasting all those fake eggs. Real eggs, yeah. No, no, no. But I mean, it's also funny to be shooting real eggs at some poor schmuck that's dressed as like Captain Hook or just as pirates. You got to like hit the pirate. I was thinking about the end of the food fight. Because you were like, oh, it's just imaginary. I was like, not on the day they're filming, though. (laughs) Well, yeah. Like, hosing those kids down. (laughs) Well, they just tell them to stop imagining the food, and then they're suddenly clean again. Presto clean out. Presto clean out. They all fight. The Peter rescues Maggie, and the pirates surrender. But Rufio engages Hook in a duel and is killed. Ugh, this this always sucked really it's hard. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot for a kids film like this when it's live action. Which is why they also, I think, watching it this time, I'm like, oh, they kind of kill him out of the way, so that it's not like his body is there in the square and they have to continue to deal with it. Like they're mm. kind of like, okay, he's out of the sight, out of mind. We gotta finish this fight. It'd be awkward if Rob Williams and Dustin Hoffman were having their finale sword fight and just constantly tripping over his yeah, dead corpse. Yeah, well, I'm also thinking about all the, like, lost boys. Like, we don't see them reckoning with the dead. Like, they clearly know he's oh, they just, dead. They leave him there. It's not, they're not, like, carting him back off to give him a warrior's funeral. They're just yeah. like, all right, I'm a kid. It's... What, you want me to bury my, the dead? Bye-bye. Bye. I'm it's, here to it's skateboard strange. and have food fights. They talk about, like, Hook talks about, like, he's been killing lost boys for years. You know, it's just like... Wow, where do they keep coming from then? How many Lost Boys and Pirates well, are all there? the original Lost Boys except Toodles, like they're all yeah. gone. For yeah, the, where it they seems. I guess they you know what? In the original story, they do all come back and get adopted out. Oh. They do all fly back oh, okay. uh in there's there's a yeah, now that I'm thinking about at least in the original play. And so all of these new Lost Boys are just from Tinkerbell kidnapping all of them Maybe as well. Maybe so. She, again. Tinkerbell has no faith in the uh, adoption agencies. And you know what? In, in well, some instances, she's some instances right. She's right. Some instances, she's right. Uh, Jack reconciles with his father, and Peter duels Hook and defeats him, whereupon Hook is devoured by the taxidermied crocodile Strange. after it briefly comes to life. Because I was like, I just remember that this big crocodile, crocodile, crocodile falls just falls down, and he just disappears 
hook disappears and that's it. But it growls. It growls and it its is definitely head alive. moves. Yeah. I don't know that, that it's meant to be. There's a lot that's ambiguous. It belches. Like, it belches it does, after it he's does. gone. I'd forgotten it lets out a big about part. that. I had a moment where I was like, <laughs> is this thing going to belch? I was like, maybe I'm misremembering that. And then they come up and look at it and sure enough, I was like, oh, It's man. a movie for kids. Of course it belches. Of course. I'm surprised it didn't let out like a big old toot after as well. Yeah. I'm surprised it didn't belch out up some bones. Or, or you know what? True. That's actually, you know what? Should, it should have been like the dust clears. Don't have a belch. Be a little classier, Spielberg. But the dust clears and all that's left is the hook. Oh. Ooh. See, now I'm haunted. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so Tinkerbell takes Jack and Maggie back to London and Peter appoints Thud as his successor before leaving. This is like the them. second of nine endings. There's um, so many. It's like Return of the King. It is. It is, but slightly less earned. Um, Just slightly. Also, as great a name as Pockets is, I, the name this kid Thud and Techni- all and the fat his, jokes. Technically, his full name is Thud Butt. It yeah. is not. It's thud butt. Yeah, not great. Uh, I was just like, and the kid is delightful. Oh, he's like, great. He's so fun to watch. But the fact that it's like fat joke after fat joke yeah. and his name is Thud. I'm not going to lie, though. That go-to move of him like ducking out of frame and then reappearing as yeah. like a fake, like a ball of, no human could do that. But of like, just becomes if, a ball to roll out a game If it was just quite hilarious. that and not also him oh, yeah. sitting on the end of a bench and them all the sliding bench, down, bench sliding, him going, yeah. not so fat to me. You know, if we cut out all that stuff, yeah. then him being a cannonball is just like, great. Then yeah. it's, it, it doesn't feel Name quite. Name him cannonball. Yeah. He's got a special skill. Yeah. And and him being able to turn himself into a ball and roll has nothing to do with being a larger boy, you it's, know? It's just a way he's being found. A it's a special skill, right. you know? But yeah. Ugh. No, I agree. I agree. I totally remember that he guest starred on one episode of Wild and Crazy Kids. What, Wild but, and like, Crazy after Kids? Hook came out, where it was like, from the movie Hook, uh, which I was like, it's the guy from Hook. Yeah. Like, this is a celebrity on Wild and Crazy Kids. He was a celeb. Oh, sure. To very specific generation yes, of people. Yes, to, to me at that time, watching Wild and Crazy Kids. Uh, reuniting with his family at Wendy's house, Peter decides to change his life and devote more time to his family. Peter hands Toodles his lost bag of marbles that he'd been looking for, which Thud had given to Peter earlier, whereupon Toodles joyfully sprinkles himself with the pixie dust inside and flies out the window and turns into a little cartoon. Peter tells Wendy that his adventures are not yet over as he and his family watch Toodles fly off to Neverland. The casting directors of Hook were Janet Hershenson, Jane Jenkins, and Michael Hershenson. Hmm. Jenkins and Janet Hershenson are both Emmy nominees for Iron Jawed Angels and together have cast previous episodes The Princess Bride, Beetlejuice, Jurassic Park, Ghost, and Toy Story. Michael Hershenson has also worked as a casting associate on such films as A Few Good Men, When Harry Met Sally, and Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, so I'll say real quick, this is John Williams composing. You think? Uh, I sure do. I mean, especially those you two notes, it sounds just it. like Home Alone. The, for the beginning, uh, like, da, well, da, It's just da, like... Da, and then it changes, but well, it's... Well, the... it, rhythmically, it's like... Da, 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 As opposed yeah. to like... Da, 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 Right. But so originally, they had been working... John Williams and lyricist Leslie Bracuse were working on Hook as a stage musical. This is a Leslie Bracuse situation that would explain the song that maggie has that's the only song that remained so the project was scrapped after about 10 songs were written the only song from the play when you're alone made it into the movie so leslie Bracuse 
many, many musicals, but probably most of our audience would know from Willy Wonka. Mm, okay. Wrote all the, yeah. the songs for that. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's the only one that made it. Um, and then a lot of the plays. That makes so much sense because it's so musical theater to me. Like, yeah. I mean, the way they've shot her is also very that. But just I was like, this yeah. is so musical theater. There are so many moments in the movie where it feels like it should be a musical. But yeah. then this movie would be Four oh, we couldn't do it. Uh, well, what you hope to do is absorb some book into the yeah. into the music. Just montage it with a, with some music. Montage it with some songs, yeah. which I think could have worked nicely. I mean, I don't know about the singing voices of Dustin Hoffman. I, Ron Williams can sing. Sing as genie. We go, oh yeah, yeah, sing yeah. fine enough for Aladdin. Um, yeah, don't know, don't know. But this could have been a musical for legal reasons, though. None of the songs that they wrote have ever been released or heard since 1990. Whoa! Some of the music apparently was worked into, into the, the incidental music in mm-hmm. the film for Hook, but yeah, a lot of songs that who who knows what that could have been. Wow. Um, but let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast. Some of these people may have auditioned. Some may have just been discussed by casting. This is all a little subjective. And as always, I have looked up all the actors in advance, and Amy Jo is hearing it along with you, listener, for the very first time. I'm prepared to be stunned. So let's kick it off with Peter Banning. Amy Jo, your thoughts on Robin Williams, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? So I think he's the perfect choice at this time for this kind of role. I was really thinking, as I was trying to think of like other people, it's actually fairly tricky because you need someone who can pull off this like corporate lawyer yeah someone very type a very type a but then who can you can believe is like as grown up grown up peter pan like and a peter pan who kind of forgets himself and loses himself in it for a minute is very childlike without it appearing like stupid you know totally so i think i mean i love robin williams you know um yeah he's he's wonderful i think he does a great job and he manages to bring a great amount of cynicism and heart to it, which is essential for making this work at all, you know? So I don't have it like a ton of options. Like back in the day, this person was not famous enough to be considered. And I still, I have, mm, I have a little trouble seeing in the second part, but I, I do believe that a younger Chris Cooper, like, cause he, I think is the same age as Robin Williams. So like actually like 40 years old. Yeah. I believe that I could see that like lightness and that playfulness in him in the second half. Like you really buy the stern part, but he's also like a character actor who I think doesn't necessarily get to show as much range as he can really do, you know, but you know, we've seen him on the, on the American stage. You know, he's got largesse. So this is true. This is true. Um, uh, a more uh, more contemporary, although I think he's a little past uh, the point that he would do it now is like a Mark Ruffalo. Mm, I can I like see that. him. Oh, I like that a lot. Being yeah. very, very like he would be uptight in a different way than right. Robin Williams. But right. I definitely buy the like I've got a lot going on, you yeah. know, and then just like releasing into the yeah. joy. And then for I think in like a five to ten years, I'd love to see William Jackson Harper. Because obviously we yes, know he does very type would A, beautiful. but wouldn't, I mean, yeah. I'm just like getting chills thinking about yeah. him being like a Peter Pan in the second half, just because yeah, he's see, someone who has him such out, joy. Yeah, seeing him outside of like cheaty and good play, seeing him like just talking like in interviews and all where you're like, oh, you are such a good actor as cheaty that it just feels like that that's who you are in real life. He's so funny too. Yeah. I mean, as we know, but like in, in many ways, he's so funny. So I'd be I'd be interested very much in seeing that, but it's it's a kind of a trickier part than yeah. you think because Williams makes it look so easy, and because they clearly also shaped it to his skills. Totally. Um, but I I don't know. Those were my yeah. thoughts. I I don't think he, I can't see him in like the first 
half of the film where he's still uptight type a lawyer but i also think that donald glover would be someone that like seeing him as peter pan like that's someone who like giving full life to that i i definitely i i thought about him because he's also someone who was so funny you know and like i think that the comedy really the comedy background really helps some comedy for sure to also if you're gonna have to shoot all those scenes with those kids you gotta somehow like make it work um but yeah, I don't. Uh, I didn't quite know where to come down on that. I felt sure, like, yeah. like. Uh, well, I'm saying fully, I don't think it would work. I'm saying it would work beautifully for half of the film, but the, that's, yeah. that's why it's so tricky. Similarly, op- from the opposite standpoint, I think for the first half, not the right age, of course, but thinking of Jason Bateman being like, "I'm, mm. I'm not Peter Pan." Like, okay, children, yeah. children, like, okay, who works here? It's like, okay, let me get my lawyer. It's for like sure. trying to negotiate with Captain Hook is something that I, because he's such a great straight man, that I think it'd be hel- so so funny in. Uh, but I, the idea of him pretending to be Peter Pan, and I, I cringe. That's the main cringe. thing. It's like trying to think of of people, and and yeah. I've been thinking of like what you have often brought up on this pod is is cast for the final color. True. But you, this is not just like where the journey takes you because the arc is so particular in this case. Right. It's like it really is kind of like a dual role. Yeah. You know. Any other person I could see, someone who I think can hit similar notes to Robin Williams, but was just never as famous as Robin Williams John Ritter I can oh, so see absolutely as this type a of like I don't have time for the you kids you're just being annoying and then also I like oh, I could see him being like oh I'm Peter Pan and I'm flying and yeah he, he, he never got to that height um on in movies yeah you know, to be not leading. on tv yeah but not well, sure yeah. sure sure but uh that's the only person that because it's a hard it's a little tricky role and there are a few other people that I could think of but they're the people that are actually considered oh uh, oh I I did think Maybe Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is like, yeah. if I think of like, who are America's dads? Right. Like certainly the 90s dads, like that's, I think, yeah. I mean, there's so many reasons Robin Williams' death was so heartbreaking. But one was because for like a lot of us, he grew up like as a father figure, yeah. like a fixture He was movies. all of our fathers pretending to be Mrs. Doubtfire to spend time with us. <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, but, uh, but, but yeah. yeah, well, I mean, because it was that run of films. It was like Aladdin, Mrs. Doubtfire, and Jumanji, Jumanji were, was, were those three films like geared toward, and Hook, well, and these Hook. four films geared towards kids at that time. And there's like one more, I think that I'm forgetting, but those are, those are like the major ones that it's just like, yeah. we all saw them. Right. Well, it was more of a grown up film, but Patch Adams, I do, I did see yeah. in theaters and that was still one that was, cause he's still so funny and it's still such like. That rat-a-tat-tat, Rob Williams, yeah. unleashed humor. Yeah. Um, so uh, in thinking about, like, who are other America's dads right. kind of actors, and Tom Hanks is, like, yeah. the other who's, like, who who could conceivably play Mr. Rogers? Like, right. it, Tom Hanks, Yeah, you of know? course. Um, well, ding, 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 because Tom Hanks sure was considered <laughs> for Peter Banning, and I think he'd be great. He's yeah. also someone that, you know, you want someone that it's still – you still like them and they could still be funny when they are yelling at their kids yes. uh-huh, and yeah. yelling at a bunch of lost boys. Um, but see, imagining him, yeah, just like kind of poof out that those curls, poof out those little curls. And then he's flying around. With Peter the Pan. number of hairstyles Robin Williams was forced into over the course of this The film. amount of moose to make his hair look like Peter, Peter Pan, where it's oh just going straight gosh. up is uh, – that, that's where the budget that's how they went so over budget the budget went to wigs and moose <laughs> all the all the, the moose into his hair and then all the razors and shaving cream to get his to make him not look like a gorilla because he, he, his chest yeah, and arms a, are shaved 
to the bone. Hairy gentleman. Um, yeah, and then the rest of the moose budget went to Dustin Hoffman's eyebrows, which oh my god, you know, those are just, those are little wigs, clearly. But two, you know, two, but there's teeny, tiny toupees, a lot on of moose eyebrow, which is amazing on the yeah. fake brows, right? Um, so Tom Hanks was considered. Great. Uh, Steven Spielberg originally slated the movie to be a musical in 1983 oh. as a vehicle for Michael Jackson. Wow, yeah. there's so many reasons. I'm glad yeah. that didn't happen. Same, because you know, Michael Jackson w- oh wanted to gosh. play Peter Pan in a movie, and Spielberg was like, well, I want to make a movie about Peter Pan, and maybe these two things could be the same thing. And Ooh. that clearly... Ooh. Well, once it was like Michael Jackson realized it would be to play a grown-up Peter Pan, he was like, oh, that's not what I want to do. I don't like this. I want to play like a ver- just adapt yeah. Peter Pan, not this... 40 you know yeah. 40 years later or whatnot Ooh. um yeah and then spielberg decided to focus on indiana jones and the temple of doom and the project got shelved until 89 when then right. clearly it was like that's not happening this is a very different movie one that does not include michael jackson mercifully <laughs> yeah and finally up for peter someone who i think would have been right on the money was cast but had to drop out kevin klein Kevin Klein is on my list elsewhere as oh, well. Oh, I mean, I, sure, I sure, thought sure. of him for that, but yes, yes, but great choice. But thinking of people that can play, do the type A, but just thinking of like, uh, you know, he won his Oscar for Fish Called Wanda, where you're like, oh yeah, Kevin Klein is also someone that can do that like stiff, like if he was the John oh, Cleese yeah. role in Fish Called Wanda, but he's such a great of the wild card Kevin Klein's got the range, character. baby. Oh, he sure does. But that's like, oh yeah, he, I could so see him. Yeah, nailing that first half of the film, but then in terms of your last color, you're like, I, yeah, like, oh, absolutely. That's of course, textbook Kevin, Kevin Klein as a grown-up Peter Pan. Yeah, just Peter panning around, absolutely. Just Peter panning around. Yeah. Um, but he was delayed by doing Soap Dish because Soap Dish ran way over. Yeah. Well, we got a fabulous Kevin Klein performance out of Soap Dish. So this is true. I'm, you know, yeah, Anderson, Anderson. <laughs> uh, let's move on to. Toodles. Amy Jo, your thoughts on Arthur Mallet as Toodles, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? It's not the biggest role. No, and actually, it's funny what you were saying earlier about Julia Roberts, because I was having similar thoughts about this. It's like, if you're doing this today, you can't have, like, Ian McKellen crawling around looking for marbles. You know, we're going to be like, when's Ian McKellen coming back? You know, you need someone who's oh, kind I, of like, I gotcha, yeah. of a, like, not a famous actor, Which basically. Arthur Mallet was right. not. But you know... Let me tell a quick anecdote about this actor. Spring break, senior year of college, uh, one of my dear friend's parents had a timeshare on the Las Vegas Strip next door to the Bellagio. So several of my friends and I went and we decided one day we were going to go do all of the like attractions at the Luxor, which I had done when I was a child at like fourth grade. And there's some like 4D ride. And the narrator slash host is this actor. And so he's like, because this was this was done in like the early 90s. The Luxor, I think, was yeah. built. Or certainly these these rides, which it was just like us and a bunch of other adults at noon on a Thursday. W- was it him saying, I'm Arthur Mallet. You might have seen me in. No, Hope. I don't remember. What, it was like, oh, come to the tomb of the mummies, you know. And he's like, so he's basically this character. But I was like, yeah. y'all, it's Toodles from Hook. <laughs> Because I had seen Hook an awful lot. Uh, now, not just Toodles from Hook. Because looking him up, I was like, oh, he, I mean, all, a, he was a very accomplished voice actor. Mm. Uh, he was in Secret of Nim, Black oh. Cauldron. Uh, he was, he's village elder in Young Frankenstein. <gasps> but, you know, 
what movie of that we've done on this podcast that he was in go on he was mr dawes jr in mary poppins no the one that i was talking about how his hair was clearly sprayed silver him and the the one and the same that is arthur i was like wait what what what? That also, like, I was like, this guy must be way too young. Oh, he's in his, he was in his 30s then. Oh, my gosh. Because he's clearly playing right. someone in his 60s. Because he's not, like, even that old in this movie. He was born. Oh, this was crazy. Uh, he's born in 1927, which mm. was the same year as, I think, the child who played Alfalfa in the Little Rascals TV show back in the gotcha. day. I was but, immediately thought of the movie, and I was like, Bug Hall, Bug Hall. was born in 1920. The most unfortunately possible. named boy of all time, Bug Hall. Bug Hall. <laughs> um, but also the same year, someone else who was born in 1927 is Lisa Liu, who plays Ama, the grandmother in Crazy Rich Asians. <gasps> like, to think about that those three actors were all born in 1927 <laughs> does blow the mind, I find. Um Anyway, my my inclination, I was like, who are charming British actors that I love? I mean, unfortunately, like, so many of them are famous in different ways. But I was like, right. uh, you know who I want? Like, maybe, like, sweet little Ian McDermott, who, yes, I know is Emperor mm. Palpatine. Yeah. But I have seen him on stage be sweet little Ian McDermott. So I was like, yeah. Or, like, Ian Holm as Old Bilbo. Oh, oh, as old Bilbo. As old yeah, Bilbo. Yeah. You know, like those. Not, not, not when he's just like, let me see that way. And, yeah. and his face no, turns into I a little monster face. But want... when he's just sweet Bilbo. And just sweet, sweet Bilbo, Bilbo. Not, sure. not Gollum adjacent oh, Bilbo. Oh, not Gollum adjacent not... Bilbo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, this to me is like, I just want, I know he's got an Oscar. I know he's too big. But if it was made today, just give me Jim Broadbent. Pretty, yes. pretty much, pretty much Jim, like Broadbent, Jim Broadbent. Pretty much Jim Broadbent in Harry Potter as was it Slughorn? Yeah, uh, that kind of just like slightly like befuddled Jim I also Broadbent. I feel like Jim Broadbent would do this. Is anything? Oh sure, you know. Oh yeah, and Jim Broadbent is like famous, but he's also not. He's not Ian McKellen. Right. Or you know, you know, he could have been in it in '91 and you just age him up like you do. That's exactly Maggie. right. Maggie. That's exactly right. Well, like they aged this actor up, you know, or yeah. they, you know, this actor was. I'm not doing that. He would have been math. like 60, uh, yeah. his early 60s he's not here. So he's 85, aged. Exactly. Right, know? right, right, right. No, totally. Um, so two other actors that were up for toodles. Uh, Clive Dunn was considered, who was uh, in the, sh- the, old, the, old, the show Dad's Army. This like okay. British show that Rob Williams is a huge fan of. So Rob oh, Williams is like, you should cast this, this guy, Clive guy. Dunn, because he's great. Uh, and Spielberg, who he really wanted, but was too busy directing the movie Chaplin, Richard Attenborough. Oh, yes. Uh, fantastic. But, like, if he had gotten Richard Attenborough's toodles, would he then ha- also have cast him in Jurassic Park? Because clearly it was just in Jurassic Park. It was like, I want to work with Richard Attenborough. I want Attenborough. to work with you, yeah. Whether, whether or not a lot of it was about, like, I want to, I'm inspired by you as a director and you're also an actor, so he I want to direct you. A lot of people over and over again, though. This so is I'm true. sure. But I don't know sure. how interested. Richard Attenborough was in acting all the time. Oh, you know? he, he hadn't acted in like decades when yeah. he did Jurassic Park. That's fascinating. Yeah. It's it's interesting imagining him as Toodles because it's so different from John Hammond, which is what I yeah. primarily know but him I from could, as, as an I actor. I could see it, you oh, know. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I dig it. But I think this I guy think is this so, I think he's so charming. And him flying around at the end is one of the funniest things I've seen when it hit. <laughs> just so sweet. I can't believe he was in Mary Poppins. That just <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't, like, deep dive his IMDb. Wow. Well, let's keep it moving right along with Tinkerbell. Old Tink herself. Amy Jo, your thoughts on Julia Roberts, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? 
Now, I'd like to be very clear. I don't wish ill on anyone. And I, I, I think acting can be hard. Uh, and this watching this, I was like, this had to suck to play this part in this movie. However, my note is in all caps. Ugh. Um, I just... I just, it just feels like a miss. It's not that she's not trying. It's not that she's phoning it in. It just feels like it's not the right fit. That's hard for a lot of people when you're doing, except your one scene where she becomes large and has like a small scene with Robin Williams. Everything else is, she's just by herself. Yeah, and that sucks. She's on like a set, a dollhouse set by herself. Like I'm not, I'm not. Oh, sure. Also, this is before everything was filmed like that, right? Now, like, entire marvel movies are filled like that oh my gosh someone just reposted recently (laughs) mocap like benedict cumberbatch doing mocap as as smog smog. oh it's great it's so good him just on all fours just like (gasps) i it's hilarious cried i was laughing so hard (laughs) see acting is not always that straightforward but this is long before that is just like how entire films are being made so like that's hard and you know she was she was living life in the late eighties, early nineties. Well, yes. Yeah, so she had fled California after her wedding to Kiefer Sutherland was called off, oh, and to right. avoid the press, she hid out in Ireland. And Steven Spielberg threatened to fire her if she did not return immediately. So I'm guessing that she, because there's so much in this movie that I'm sure like she could easily be like filming for a month and right. then come back in two months where you'll right. continue filming. Um, for you know whatever it's like oh we're filming in this maybe she was just filming that that beginning scene in in london in the dollhouse and yeah i don't know uh but yeah it was like she was hiding out in ireland it was like you have to get back here and, and apparently yeah. then she also had she was like hospitalized for nervous exhaustion slash i i've seen it i've seen that it was a nervous breakdown and i've seen that it was like an incredibly bad flu that she had to be hospitalized for mm-hmm. so it might have been it can be a, a combination exactly. also you yeah. like have just gone through a, like a public humiliation and you yeah. are a tabloid figure like that's terrible that's all bad and gonna contribute to you not necessarily being like i'm thrilled to walk into work and act opposite nothing today exactly you know? so, so all that said is like i i feel for those circumstances I have compassion for but that. In terms of judging like, what wound up on screen. It feels like a miss. It's a big miss. She's also so like peppy and this and that. Oh, oh gosh. And I'm just like, I don't want it. I don't need. I'm I'm also, yeah. I've never been a Julia Roberts fan. Like I don't, yeah. I just, I'm, it's just never done it for me. Sure. Um, Watching her. Now I haven't seen a Julia Roberts movie and I couldn't tell you how many years, but like watching her now, I'm like, oh yeah, she does have a beautiful smile. I get why people like that. To me, is that enough that you should have an Oscar? <laughs> mm. No. Well, I think I do think she is quite good in Aaron Brockovich, which I've I not seen in forever. I thought she was fine. I thought okay. she was fine. Again, yeah. I haven't yeah. seen it in forever. Yeah, Maybe yeah, yeah. I'd reassess, but to me, yelling is not the same thing as acting. No. Anyway, <laughs> um, all that is to say, ugh. also, I think if they'd gone with a smaller actor, like not literally, obviously she's been sized up. Um, if they'd I, gone I with a less, I don't think find an actor the size of a bug. <laughs> I, I they could look high and low, but we we are looking for an actor. We are only looking for actors no taller than five inches. I wouldn't put it past some <laughs> someone in some breakdown somewhere. No pay. Um, uh, anyway, some nudity. <laughs> some nudity. Lots of flap. Must be under five inches. Uh, <laughs> oh, sometimes <laughs> people make me want to punch things. Anyway, um. Like, who would I want, like, energetically? I don't even know. I don't even, I don't even know who I want. You know, if you want, what it looked like they wanted is someone hot. (laughs) And if that's what they wanted, 
in like 91. I forget when the Flintstones movie came out, but I was like, get me Halle John Berry. Goodman. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Halle <laughs> Berry, of course, of course. Oh, no. How dare you? Get me like yeah, Halle, yeah, but yeah. early oh, 90s, Halle, Halle, Halle Berry is like one of the Amazing, like, well, I mean, sure. even now Halle Berry, but like certainly like when she's or, playing Sharon Stone, it's like, yeah. who's more beautiful than get that? Sharon Stone. Get, 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 get Sharon Stone. Get the Wilma from Flintstones. Uh, what's her face? Elizabeth, Elizabeth uh, uh, Perkins. Perkins. Elizabeth Perkins. Yes. Biggs from Elizabeth Big. Perkins. Yes, yes. Yeah. We got there. Yeah. Although um, I do think that they're trying to... She's also, it's a very like tomboyish. She's got yes. like a very chunky. It's like anybody's hair from West Side and... Story, yeah. but sexy. But... <laughs> I hate it. Um, uh, I mean, like, here's the thing in the, I haven't seen it since theaters, it was fine. But in the remake that came out in like the 2000s, um, yes, I think 2003, the one with Jason Isaacs. Yes. Kind of, yeah. Ludovine Sanier, who I know I'm mispronouncing that because I only speak oh. fake French. She plays Tinkerbell. She is French bombshell who was in Swimming Pool and Eight Femme. And yeah. Swimming Pool is probably the biggest yeah. thing that crossed over. I mean, she's hot, you know? So, like, it worked. she's also like, I am French and I have no time for you. I'm Tinkerbell. <laughs> you know, like, I think she's also maybe silent in that movie, which is, works great if you're like, well, we're going to cast someone yeah. who speaks English with a thick accent. So, like, we'll just have her be beautiful and tempestuous. And she certainly is like a tempestuous kind of yeah. actor. Mm-hmm. So, if that's what you want, I don't know. It just, none of it worked for me in this film. Um, But yeah, it, like, this is a very different take on it. But I'm like, oh, if I want someone who's got like a, also maybe who's English, you know, sure. like that would make sense. Like, obviously she's too young at this point in time. But like 10 years later, like Rosamund Pike, like she's, oh, she's got like a lot yeah, of sparkle, yeah. you know, I think I, that she'd I really be, dig that. like, I, and we also know she's got range. <laughs> We've seen Gone Girl, you know, like I would buy the kind of slight streak of anarchy there you know you know she can do it um and then like someone who is the same age who again was not famous at this point in time but like miranda otto that's more the energy i'm looking Mm. for someone who's like i've got a lot of like grit but also i like you i look like a beautiful fairy you know but like miranda otto i came to know when she's like riding a horse and swinging a sword at an orc you know like Mm -hmm. she's someone who's like Ha ha! I want that. You I don't want this kind of like energy. Hi, yeah. I'm like pretending to be kind of sassy. No, thank you. Anyway, that's that's my thoughts. No, there you have them. Yeah, I feel like in 1991, so we're a few years after Princess Bride. Give me Robin Wright. Oh heck yes! Chop off Robin Wright's hair, put her in a little tiny cage with wings. And I'm a little little bug. Yes. Yeah, that's I, I, is like energetically what I she want. She could do a British accent, and it she would sh- sound she flawless. Sure she sure can. Um, this is made more recently. I was like, who? What, the person that came to mind was Jessica Chastain. I think that would be like really. She gives you the same Miranda Otto kind of like porcelain skinned and just like I'm a delicate beautiful fairy with huge eyes that feel porous she's also I just think a good enough actor and a chameleon a chameleon of an actor Mm -hmm. and that she could like yeah I can trust that she'd be filming all this by herself and would still be engaged would Would nail the landing yeah when you edit it together it still feels like she's right there yeah and maybe that's part of it maybe that like in filming that she was completely by herself and you need to be like no 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 we need to have you here in the scenes and then we will do digital magic but you need them all on the scene who framed roger rabbit exactly like i I don't know i mean you have more info than i on how they filmed this if you have any info on that i I don't for hook in terms of how they shot tinkerbell i Mm -hmm. don't i don't know that but i I feel like they probably did her a great disservice yeah 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 my guess would be that a lot of it was also she's probably 
too expensive to have around to film scenes she's not actually filming. Yeah. You know, but I think it would have helped her performance a lot. Maybe she was there and we're missing all of this, yeah. but I, I would say I doubt it. Yeah. Now, as for the actors who were considered, the writer, James V. Hart, wanted Meg Ryan. Honestly, this is the first time you've mentioned Meg Ryan that I haven't <laughs> hated the idea. I, I like yeah. her better than Julia Roberts yeah. for sure. There is, I think with both of them, such a contemporariness that I that think, I think it, doesn't, that doesn't click. Yeah. I do like it better than Julia Roberts, but I think that that's one of the big things, that this is someone that has been around for centuries, you know? Yeah. And Julia Roberts You're so is not bringing right. that. You're so but right. Get, that's... get Kate Blanchett, someone, and that's Always. why I was like Robin Wright, someone you're like, oh yeah, I believe these people in classical, someone that's good at classical work yeah meg ryan is very energetically forward yeah you know which i feel like is what they're trying to do with this yeah she's a little young for at 91 but i i don't know why she's popped to mind i was like mary louise parker someone who also someone is like who, yeah a little front-footed energy who's just caught yeah poking kind of you intense to try to get some, yeah a little intense someone who could be a little intense and i would buy mary louise parker as a little intense as a little intense with a slight streak <laughs> of anarchy running through i buy it yeah, uh, Rebecca De Mornay was considered. I don't know who that is. Oh, you don't know who that is? The hand that rocks the cradles, Rebecca De Mornay. Oh, I didn't see it. Seems scary. It, oh, I, I, bet, I bet it is. She's rocking that cradle. Ugh. Trying to steal someone's baby, I think. I think I didn't know what the difference was between that and Rosemary's baby, but they both <laughs> seemed not my jam. The Mia hand Farrow, that rocks she looks Rosemary's good baby's in a, cradle. Mi, Mia Farrow looks good in a pixie cut. Yeah, Mia give, Farrow. Give me young Mia Farrow. Mia, Mia Farrow is Tinkerbell in 1991. Exactly. Sure, Whatever. Sure. You know? Uh, Samantha Mathis was considered, uh, people might know from American Psycho, she's in Broken Arrow, the Travolta Christian Slater movie. Oh, she dear. is the voice of the main woman or fairy in Ferngully. So oh, wow. I'm like, is that why she was considered? Or I guess that was after. But maybe they're like, hey, we, we knew you were up for Tinkerbell. So you've got experience. Now you're going to be Rainforest fairy. Now, now you're going to be able you know, to slap wings on you and throwing in the rainforest uh, also with robin williams so there you go uh sherilyn fenn was considered oh oh i love that that's that's what i'm looking for now there is an actor with a strong edge of danger yeah who like oh ooh. why didn't they give me sherilyn fenn well, it, 91 she's probably right in the middle of filming twin peaks probably. so i don't think it would have been possible but th thinking of twin peaks thinking of david lynch give me laura dern as tinkerbell yeah Yes, I love Laura Dern. I still but think yeah, sure, Sherilyn, Sherilyn Fenn, Fenn, much like my favorite yeah, choice that great. they've come across so far. Yeah, I really dig this option when Nona Ryder was considered. I like it. I like I Sherilyn like Fenn better. Sure, no problem with that. But Winona Ryder, yes, someone who just makes uh, more sense to me than yeah. Julia Roberts does. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if she was actually considered, but Spielberg's original prototype for Tinkerbell was Carrie Fisher. I love it. I love it. Now, that is someone who I buy the tomboyish streak and the yeah. no-nonsense and the, you know, and something, too, about when you're going to have an adult man playing Peter Pan. To have someone who's, like, a grown-up playing Tinkerbell, also, not that Julie Roberts wasn't a grown-up, but, you know, there's probably not that big of an age difference between them at this point in time, but, like, because Williams was, like, 40 when he filmed, so I don't know. I would guess there was still a pretty significant age difference. Yeah, I would guess on. that she was like mid twenties here. Yeah, he was. Yeah, wow. He was born in nineteen fifty one, and she was born in nineteen sixty seven. So, so yeah. there you go. So there you go. As Whereas, far as like, Hollywood goes, not as big of an age difference as we've seen, but a big age. It difference. wasn't like gross, but like right. having Carrie Fisher would be like, oh yeah, why yeah. can't Tinkerbell why not? be Who a cares? little older? Who cares? She's a ball of light. Right now, she did. He did hire Carrie Fisher to punch up 
some of the dialogue, mostly Tinkerbell's, Great. which, funnily enough. Uh, but in 91, she was, of course, also in Soap Dish with Kevin Klein. Oh, right. And uh, Drop Dead Fred. So that's she was busy doing both those films. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she'd be so good. I, oh, I, yeah. That's, I, I mean, Carrie Fisher or Winona Ryder are my favorite of the ones who were actually considered. Uh, though Sherilyn Fenn, I, I, yeah, I, I've not seen enough of her. But if I had, I'm sure I'd she feel like what is magnificent in Twin Peaks. Like she's just you're like, who is this yeah. creature? <laughs> and I don't want to hang out with you because I feel like you might kill me. But at the same time, <laughs> I want to hang out with you. That's what I'm looking for in a friendship: someone who might kill me, but I know they won't. I can. I, that's and, that, and you know what that is? That's trust. That's trust. <laughs> uh, let's move on to hello. It's, it's me. me. Amy Jo, your thoughts on Bob Hoskins and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I have written here two things. I said, no notes. And uh, I mean, it's Bob Hoskins. It's Bob Hoskins. Which is to say, perfect. No notes. No notes. Which is to say, couldn't be better. Couldn't be happier about this. It's so good. It's so, I mean, his, it's, I don't know if it's just this big, full gray beard, but like, it doesn't even look like him to no, me. No, it really I, I doesn't. would, if. I wouldn't have known if I didn't like then a few years back just be see it now on Netflix and being like, oh, Paul Hoskins is with me. I, I certainly didn't know that in my in my youth. I'm sure I did not put together that this was the same guy that was Eddie Valiant in Roger Rabbit. I did. Uh, I did just because I think I watched both of yeah. these movies a lot right. as a kid. And so I like knew the actor's name because yeah. I have been a nerd from way back. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think he's so good in this. I yeah. love there's so much that I'm like, that, was that just his idea? When he uses he like digs into his ears and gets his earwax yeah, and a, uses it to wax Hook's mustache. A, gr- them together. Great, delightful. great, great pairing. Great buddy pairing. They, they have great chemistry together. They're so funny together. And that is like such a great touch of two actors that are on the same page that one is like, oh yeah that's great you dig into your ears and then use it to wax my mustache that is that talk about trust that's trust between <laughs> between your partners where you're because if you if you you know dustin hoffman will get to he's a difficult man yep. he could have been like yeah who, i'm sorry who are you bob who bob hoskins yeah sure great whatever don't touch he don't had an touch. oscar at this point that doesn't matter for dustin hoffman <laughs> dustin hoffman be like yeah and i got and i won two oscars if you won an oscar maybe i'll know your name maybe i'll get your name oh right. i thought hoskins had won one no he was nominated uh, one one and only nomination for mona, mona lisa. lisa in 86 um but i could see dustin hoffman being like uh, how about you don't touch my face with your earwax fingers guy um but the fact that he got over himself and did well. I think has them. Too, the two of them are just delightful. Hoffman being a real jerk of many levels aside. Like he's also a smart enough actor to not be so egotistical that he doesn't know on what side his bread is buttered. And being like, if no. I have the gift of, of Bob, Bob Hoskins, Hoskins as my scene partner, I know that like he will make me better. Yeah. If I like give into this like partnership, um, yeah, I I mean, he's so good. My other thoughts are more like contemporary. I thought this would be a kind of a different color, but um David Bradley, who is a British actor who is most well known for playing Filch in the Harry Potter movies, but he's also oh, in of course, um, of course, of World's course. End and Hot Fuzz. Yes, like he's this like yes. just really particular looking British oh, character sure man. Is. Yeah. <laughs> that like that's kind of what you want is someone yeah. who is like mm-hmm. just like they are a character. You need actor. a re- you, yes. Whatever their look is, it's just one of those specific yeah. looks where you're like, no one else looks like this. And he's so funny. I mean, like, if you're gonna be an Edgar Wright actor, you 
are you have to be very good at timing even though yeah. those movies are edited within an inch of their lives you know yeah. that they're not hiring you again and again if you're not like really on it and he's so funny um so i think he'd be a really fun oh, interesting sure. choice for smee um I also had here. It would also be fun to have sweet little Ian McDermott or Ian Holm. Oh, sh- <laughs> I was oh, like, pull, sure. pull both of the yeah. Ians back in. <laughs> um, and then this is a very different choice, but this is um, for like a maybe very contemporary take would be uh, Shuler Hensley. Oh, Broadway's yeah. Shuler Hensley has also done uh, like Greatest Showman. Yes, he's got a small role in Greatest Showman. He was, I mean, the monster in Van Helsing. He's he's not as well known in movie, film and movie, TV. But he's, he does, I mean, he acts all the time. He's, he's, he's always working. He's, he's always in a working. lot of like TV and that sort of thing. But he's just like this great big bear of a man who's yeah, just also like he would be the so best. Good. And he's very funny, you yeah. know, so that would that would be, I would be, I would love to see Shuler do it. And then if they were like, let's make it a music we know the man can sing. He's won a oh, Tony sure. for Tony singing in Oklahoma. Judd Fry in Oklahoma, way back when. Um, yeah, I got like no one else I would like to see in this, except as I told you, Amy Joe, if this was made today, it would 100% be James Corden. Yeah, and it's everything I don't want. There's <laughs> no way this wouldn't be James Corden. When you said that, you're like, oh, you know who would get cast in this today? James Corden. I was like, there's no way they would cast anyone else. That's he is this. He's not this generation's Bob Hoskins. He sure ain't. But he is this generation's. Sure, put he, him in that. He's this generation's. Sure. <laughs> sure. James Shorten. That's what they should call him. Oh yeah, really, really right. landed. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so Bob Hoskins bought beer for three hundred plus extras after a lengthy and complicated scene was cut. So I don't know if that means that like they were working on a scene and they finally just decided, you know what, we don't need we're it. Cut it. Thought, yeah, it was like, was it cut in the moment and they were like, all oh, this was for naught, or if it was cut later, that I don't know. So regardless, at some point he bought three hundred people beer, which I think is delightful. Yeah, I and, mean, there's that many people being yeah, like, that, so between, many there's there's at least a hundred yeah. pirate. People yeah. and then you have all the crew and, then, and everything. Yeah, all yeah. the crew, all these kids, and uh, which you know that you've got. Then you've got extras that are actually smaller adults yes. that you can then have as these kids yeah. and, and stunt people. And the stunt people, yeah. yeah. Um, Bob Hoskins would alleviate stress on set by singing various versions of "Hello," usually singing like "Hello." Is it Smee you're looking for? <laughs> um, which I would love to Not be serenaded Not to be confused with the hello that Not we sang the earlier. Other hello. I was like, Different there's hello. no way that he was Well, if singing. it was made today, that's what he'd be singing. Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, wait, what are you talking? Oh, I see. <laughs> and Bob Hoskins reprised the role of Smee for a few episodes of the 2011 series Neverland, which I think was on sci-fi, Aww. possibly. It was this like sci-fi show that he like popped in for a few episodes that I remember hearing. And I was like, that is delightful um so oh yes 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 that sound means it's time to play a quick round of two truths and some guy the way it works two of the following actors were up for the role of smee and one was not and amy joe is to guess which is which your options are yeah joe pesci <laughs> okay john goodman oh boy and danny devito oh Joe Pesci, John Goodman, Danny DeVito. Because what I'm wondering is, did they go with the small guys to make Hoffman look taller? Or are they doing a sort of like Robin Hood and Little John thing? With Walking through John, the forest. Walking through the forest. <laughs> deedle-a-la, deedle-a-la. John Goodman's Power very tall. Doodle-a-la, doodle-a-la, Hey. Um, hmm. Or I'm, if they get John Goodman, then they make Dustin Hoffman, they put him on flats and make him look even taller. So you're like, wow, he's that tall compared to John Goodman. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh boy. Um. All right. I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Pesci. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. So it's John Goodman. That is correct. Yeah. As far as I can tell, John Goodman was they, not up. They for were Smay. either gonna. It was either gonna be right. that height type it's thing, the or same, uh, yeah, as yeah. we've seen in other Bob Hoskins. It's just like okay, so Bob Hoskins, Devito, and Joe Pesci are just like apparently all the same person in terms of like the stuff that they were up for, which is so funny so to me because they're so wildly different. Yeah, uh, yeah, Joe Pesci. Joe Who was Pesci, hot, fresh off a of Goodfellas, fresh off that he's he probably won the Oscar while filming this. That's why, or well, while, while not filming this, I should say, because while, he, while he other people were filming, while, while Bob Hoskins, people, he, was Joe Pesci this. won his Oscar while other people were filming a different movie. Can you believe that? <laughs> Can you believe it? <laughs> wow. Yeah, in '91, Joe Pesci had uh, JFK and The Super, which is one of his like awful comedies. That was like Joe Pesci, you're the lead of this, and outside of my cousin Vinny. Most of those movies are just garbage, like mm. eight heads in a duffel bag and yeah. the super and stuff like that. Um, but JFK is supposed to be good. I mean, that's a big ensemble. Eh? One Film. of those. A lot over Stone acting up, you know, with uh, Tommy Lee Jones and Kevin Costner and whatnot. I would rather see DeVito. DeVito's just always. He's he's more of a clown. Lean, yeah. He always lean to the clown. As good as Joe Pesci is in Home Alone, it's because he's taking it so seriously. Yes. Which is not what is required no. of Honestly, the actor playing Smee. You know, I mean, it's also because we're so used to the Disney animated Peter Pan. Right. So you, and that's Smee, which is also like a shorter, right. rounder guy. But if you get rid of that, get Daniel Stern as Smee. Oh, yeah. When you just need great second banana yes. clown. I love it. Yeah. But. I think it's such a good performance. It's Love delightful. Bob Hoskins. We actually have an authentic, like, British person. <laughs> I know. It's nice. When, I mean, what is great is is that this isn't a movie that tried to just make everyone British. Like, yeah. it did do a decent job of being like, okay, you can do a, a pretty passable British accent, Dustin Hoffman, so we'll we'll have you do that. We'll, we'll also make sure that the person you're acting opposite is actually English so that you both will come across better. And then, like... You have Moira and you have Wendy both being English. And then you're like, we're not going to make Robin Williams do a British accent. Like, I think that they managed to explain away a lot of stuff in a way that you're like, I don't know why Tinkerbell's American, but who cares? She lives in Neverland. Yeah, whatever. Most of the Lost Boys are. In fact, all yeah. of the Lost Boys are American. Ex- except for the one who is very specifically from Brooklyn. From, from Brooklyn <laughs> what did I say hilarious. while we were watching it? I was like, doesn't matter how long he spends in Neverland, he'll always be from Brooklyn. <laughs> exactly. Uh, He's like ready to do. Was that the kid that was in the Lost in Yonkers movie? I know I've seen that oh, kid. Oh, I don't know. Uh, but it just feels like, so like, yeah, you know. Maybe he's in Newsies. I'll look him up. He looks I a lot like he, he sure does. Could like, have been a Newsie. I'm the king of New York. Hey, yeah, you he, like he, my lo- soup? he looks like the one that maybe it was. He's either the one that had the cigar or who stole the cigar yeah. in those like opening lines. I'm gonna look it up right now so our listeners don't have to scream into the void. Okay, it looks like this kid was not in Newsies unless I've gotten the wrong one. But this guy's still in the game, and this guy was in the Jersey Boys movie. He's on TV up until this year. This wow. guy is working. Working nonstop. Good for him. And what was his character's name in Hook? Don't ask. Don't don't ask. Don't yeah. ask. Yeah. Which seems that like a real right. Brooklyn kind of name to give a kid like that. If memory serves, he's only the, one of the only Lost Boys that didn't have a name in the script. So he kept asking Steven Spielberg, like, what my name is. Spielberg was like, oh, we'll come up with it later. It's like, or it's like, it, like it doesn't matter. Just stop. Like, leave me alone. And finally, it was just like, like don't ask. And he's like, great, boys, my name's Don't Ask. Are you being serious? Or yes. Just, oh. I'm serious. And then so the other Lost Boys were like, yeah, okay, so we'll just call them Lost Boys and see, or don't ask. 
in scene. So like in the food fight scene, someone definitely calls him don't ask. Oh my gosh, that's great. That's like it might be apocryphal For this sure. story because that's but that's, that's also what it, like sounds like, to like trivia. straight out of West Side Story. Right. Like because eh, it is like why uh, is he the only kid with with no name? Truly, so, like, like I be, don't know. Just you so pinch kids of salt, pinch of salt for that story. But apparently Spielberg was just like like that's what's what's so my name? Fun. Don't ask. All right, you heard the man. That's what it is. That's what it is. Uh, but let's keep going with Granny Wendy. Amy Jo, your thoughts on Maggie Smith, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I thought this unknown did a great job. <laughs> you know, she really came in and, and took control of the situation, even though mm-hmm. never seen her in a film before or since. Or what since? happened to her? She, um, she turned into a cat. <laughs> Oh, started teaching in a. I heard she went to go teach at some some position in some school I'd never heard of, and suddenly became Scottish. And far away, so suddenly became Scottish. Exactly. Um, here is a ridiculous fact: Maggie Smith is three years older than Dustin Hoffman, which is bananas. That sounds right. Which I mean, it's fine because they're aging her up and everything, but still, even when she is like aged down, Wendy, she still looks like Dustin Hoffman's mother. You know. <laughs> um, but you know what? Get it, Maggie. You just keep. She's. She said like she's been playing in her nineties since she was like fifty. So I'm like, all right. Um, she's and she will continue to play nineties when she is a hundred and fifty. It's true. It's true. Oh, I I love it. She's a treasure. Oh, she's great. She's so good. She also like really. It was so smart to cast her in this part because it really also brings a certain gravitas and believability to the center of Definitely. the conceit of this movie yeah. with not a lot of screen time but like she yeah she like because ebert wasn't a huge fan of the film but mm-hmm. he did i do remember one of his lines talking about her and of just like the promise in her line of like oh peter there's so there's so many things that you've forgotten of, mm-hmm. of like what that could entail and because she's such a good actor that like she just gives you that promise of like, oh, this adventure we're going to go on. And we, you know, if you like the film, we got that adventure. And if you didn't like the film, then you disagree. But she definitely is so good in those opening Ugh. half that opening half hour while we're waiting for the movie to really get going. She also brings some, she brings the entire story and the history with her. Like this yeah. is, it's such a weird thing when you're then, when you know the conceit of the film to like watch her interact with him. And it's like, she's still like, in love with him in a way you know it like it is strange that's why they got a gloss once they're like yeah. okay let's go through what this history was as he remembers his past and it's like what but it's i mean it is also like heartbreaking it's a heartbreaking story for wendy being like you know i decided to grow up and you didn't but then when you add this on and it's like oh he then did decide to grow up but i wasn't enough my granddaughter like it's really gotta it's, it's weird. a lot that she needed to talk about in therapy yeah um but I think that she brings so oh, much of that absolutely. because she's just a brilliant actor. Um, I mean, there's so many like British dames right. that would be great for this. I'm just like, you know, you got the whole list of like Vanessa Redgrave, Angela yeah. Lansbury, uh, exactly. Judy Dench, Eileen Atkins, Rosemary yeah. Harris, like any of these, give any me of, any of these ladies. Yeah. If we're doing it, to, and this is maybe because we did just watch Jingle Jangle, but if we're doing this today, I'm like, give me like Felicia, Felicia Rashad, Rashad would love, telling me would this love. story, you know? Regale us, Felicia. Another person who is less well known, 
than any of these other people that I've just mentioned is Una Stubbs, who is probably best well known because she plays Mrs. Hudson in the Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock. Mm. What a charm. Like she'd be mm-hmm. really fun mm-hmm. to have like today. Yeah. Um, fun fact, she's also in Wurzel Gummidge, which is a, oh, a British TV show from the 80s that terrifying. a friend of ours mentioned. And Scarecrow show. We talked about it in Who Framed, Ro- or Who Framed Roger Rabbit it episode. Is, yeah. Wurzel YouTube Gummidge. It. But she's, she's, Una Stubbs is in Wurzel Gummidge terrifying. as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, like there's so this is a part that i feel like there's so many actresses that by the time they're old enough to even play old enough to be aged into this like that i'd love to see do it definitely yeah uh one other actor originally announced that it was supposed to be brenda fricker hot off that oscar win for my My left left foot foot. uh pre pigeon lady Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, which is what most people know her from, mm-hmm. of, you know, a certain age. Uh, who'd be great? I love Brenda oh, Fricker. Oh, yeah. Love her. Wonderful. Yeah. So many fantastic British actresses. Yes, definitely. In the world. Definitely. And we got one of the great ones. We sure did. Maggie Schmidt. Um, but let's go on to Jack. So uh, Peter Banning's eldest son, Amy Jo, your thoughts on Charlie Cosmo, And who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I mean... I think you he's know. he's great. Yeah. It's it's Charlie Corsmo. We know him, we love him because we were kids in the nineties. Right. I mean, there's this. He was the kid in Dick Tracy. Right. Were like his two of his biggest things mm-hmm. as a kid, and then he like didn't act for a couple years. Did can't hardly wait. And, and now then he's a lawyer. Got out of the game. He got he became a lawyer, and I'm sure much happier because of it. But isn't that funny that he is very famous for you know having a, a dad on camera dad who lawyer, was a yeah. lawyer, real deadbeat. Mm-hmm. I did have the question when when they're on the plane and then. The dad's like, my word is my bond. He goes, yeah, junk bonds. And it occurred to me in this moment, I was like, how does this kid know what a junk bond is? He's like seven or eight. I would be surprised if his dad was told him if his dad was trying to explain I'm to him sure. about all these particulars to be like you know if you you know are, are you gonna be a professional baseball player this is no. a real mr you, banks tough really situation want, exactly if you want to you know, grow up and learn about junk bonds from your dad so i looked up so uh Cosmo was born in 78 uh as was like devin sawa who <laughs> as a casper himself as a gal in the 90s so as a <laughs> Big fan, big fan. I don't know that he's the right fit, but I mean he's the right yeah, age, so he's maybe. The right age. But you know who's also the same age? Who was also a child actor who I think would have been great is Justin Long. Wow, he's the same what? age. Does that not blow the mind? That blows the mind. Um, I could see that. I could see more in Charlie Corsmo's role in Can't Hardly Wait. Um, well, but... <laughs> for sure, yes. Uh, sure, I could see that. Yeah, I mean, why like, not? I because I first saw him in Galaxy Quest. I, mean, I think that's like his first thing. For or sure, at least he's his like. First big thing a yeah. bit a bit older there but like right, that kind right. of like this sweet a, nervous yeah. energy you just like dial that to this this particular yeah. kid he, he is a certain he needs to be able to do like the snark mm-hmm. and he needs to be able to do the like lost little boy yeah which i mean is like a classic macaulay culkin feature but this he, was, he would have been this is true a little They're too young t- he's two years younger which, which at this age is a big difference. diff yeah. right i mean this is the year after home alone so it's like he could do it but like having him be a two years older really does make the difference. Yeah, I really Charlie Corsmo is so good in this. Which oh, he's I, beautiful. Well, I, I hadn't seen this in so many years. I haven't seen this in, I would say, almost two decades, uh, mm. if not more. And I was kind of shocked. I was just like, what a great like child actor performance this like, is. like huge eyes, like, like giant marbles. You know, <laughs> where it's just like, 
open, you know, where he's like cynical, but then like it's so emotional, so yeah. easily risible. Just so, so much ooh. of it, what just feels genuine. So much of it just feels yeah. like of the moment that it's so much of like you can fall into the trap of child actors where it's just like they're really just so good at like replicating, not even one thing, but so good at replicating emotion. So, so good at being like, okay, and here you're sad and like, and they're, right. they're great at being sad. And here, you know, you're snarky. They're so good with the one liner, but him, it just feels like organic. It feels like these are actually scenes that he's having with Robin Williams yeah. in the beginning. Uh, and like when he, you know, Dustin Hoffman's freaking out about the clocks and breaking them. Oh, that, and that line just, reading of, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> just laughing at him. And I'm like, this kid is just, yeah, that like, oh my Just like God. through his teeth. It's so good. He's so good. And then when he's dressed like a teeny tiny mini hook oh. is hilarious but him yeah then remembering his dad it's like this kid it's a great kid performance i i think it's I like i found him to be the most moving thing in the movie i agree 100 percent, 100 percent. i think it's so i could have cut a lot of that like wendy's house a lot even of like peter pan being like it was you like i'm getting all of that through this kid yeah do he's doing actually a lot of the emotional lifting for me absolutely uh so there's one other actor that was up for jack which was joseph mazello aka tim from jurassic park oh my gosh so very similar to richard attenborough of just yep. spielberg like it's not gonna work out but trust me i got something coming down the pipeline that'll You're be gonna great for you yeah. you're gonna love it uh he was turned down because he was too young for the role at the time yeah and, and he spielberg promised young him in jurassic park later. yeah and that's so, nine, like, that's two years later and he yeah, it's, it's definitely too, he would have been little, yeah. too too much of a baby. I don't know exactly how old uh, Joseph Mazzello would have been at the time, but right. I would guess probably closer. I would guess he would be that he's Macaulay's age mm-hmm. in terms of like two years younger. Sounds about ish. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was great. So we got one more. Let's finish up. Who with... could it be? Who could it be? Hook, hook, give us the hook. Hook, hook, hook give, give us the, the hook. hook. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your thoughts on Dustin Hoffman and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? Okay, we know he's garbage. However, this is a really wonderful performance. Difficult. Difficult. Also, there's many, many, many allegations of, like, uh, sexual abuse. So Difficult garbage. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, uh, there's all that. Sure. Um, he's, I think, excellent in this movie. Also, especially since, you know, we just did Mary Poppins and we were discussing the accents. Hoffman's accent is pretty good. Like, it's... it. What I think is good about it is that it does not draw attention to itself. Mm. He's There's places where he's missing sounds here or there, but it's more missing sounds than intruding sounds that don't belong, which to me is always more upsetting. Or like the vowel isn't maybe 100% shaded correctly, but like I think it's really nicely calibrated and blended and, and you know, as someone who's like unable to not hear these things, I really yeah. <laughs> appreciated that. But also he's just like enjoying himself, which for a part like this, like, you, you know, need. You, you need someone that's really excited. Like, I'm yeah. so excited to. I mean, once you get that wig on you and that costume, oh, I, like, I don't know how you can't You're go. You're not playing Captain Hook huge. and not enjoying yourself yeah. or you you need to get out. Definitely. You know? Definitely. Um because that's just part of it. It's not just like, oh, I'm playing a villain. It's like, I'm playing a classic villain who is a pirate on these incredible sets and with this amazing costume and these hilarious, like, Red carpet stairs. Mar- oh, red carpet stairs. The red carpet stairs are, are so good. Where's the carpets, me? me? Oh, But just like the, the, the hook in the mustache, the hooks in the eyebrows, the like, ever, just so ridiculous. And he's having a good time. And that counts for a lot so i basically yeah i was like i want an actor who's going to to give me 
a good time. So like that's why I'm like, yeah, Kevin Klein's on my list. Mm, you know, someone sure. who is oh, also he's yeah. very famously played a pirate on the American stage. He, I believe, won a Tony for it for playing that yeah, pirate oh my king. Yeah, he won a Tony. Um, Jeffrey Rush. That's like mm-hmm. someone who I would be like, yes, like yeah. give me that. Like him in Quills is like very similar to this where you're like "Ooh, yeah you're scary but also you're funny you're charismatic yeah that's the one thing that i don't feel like i get with kevin klein is the hint of danger is like the still like being he's still scary it's not all i mean you need to be able to do all the comedy as well which is kevin klein out the wazoo with Mm -hmm. that comedy um but yeah jeffrey rush hint of danger i mean Uh, more than difficult people yes um i didn't know oh yeah. Oh, well, yeah. well, uh, we don't. That's, that's not. It's not the podcast where we get into difficult actors my, and their difficult, difficult histories. But my googling later. Um, Jeremy Irons. I mean, of course, it sounds like apparently Dustin Hoffman was doing a voice based on columnist William F. Buckley, but to me, it sounds like he's doing a Jeremy Irons impression. Interesting. Interesting. That's what it sounds like to me. Especially, mm. I just watched Watchmen finally on the HBO show, and Jeremy Irons, like today, like his voice is like sounds almost scarily exactly like that. That's wild. Then I'm thinking, does Captain Hook have to be a dude? And you know who's already in drag in this movie is Glenn Close. It's like, give me Glenn Close as Captain Hook, baby. Yes. yes. Why not? Why not? I would love it. I would pay money to see it, which is all that they want. Um... So, yeah, I mean, I have, there's a, like a bunch of other people. I, like, have you, Brenda Fricker as Hook. Brenda Fricker as Hook. You have, here's like, here's where this gets a little tricky as someone who is like, I think is a very funny in a particular way, but is not comic, is like a Javier Bardem. That I'm like, I see you playing it in a slightly less children's comedy version, you know? Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, also, he was just recently announced he's playing Desi Arnaz, and, and the internet is aflame with him and Nicole Kidman being like, aren't they supposed to be funny? Um, which is does does seem like a, a problem. Uh, yeah. um, but he certainly is not someone who shies away from largesse. And right. we know, like, man, yeah. if I need a villain oh, yeah. in, in, the, in the 2010s and 20s, I'm going to call me some Javier Bardem. Definitely. I mean, also, Jeremy Irons, I, like... Give me Ian McKellen as Hook. Uh, I think like fun. center of the bullseye is Tim Curry of someone that oh, can do the largesse, yes. that can do the comedy, that can do the hint of danger, and that would rock this outfit. Yeah. Uh, I think would be great. That's a great option. Yeah. So of uh, the actors that were considered right off the bat, Christopher Lloyd. Fascinating. Yeah. This was in 1991. So yeah. this was the same year as Adam's Family and previous episode, Suburban Commando. Mm. So he could have been robbed of one great performance and one good performance in a, in a not wretched, great movie wretched i'll film. let you decide which is which i'm talking about um we famously yeah. stand the adams family films <laughs> in this household we sure do but yeah christopher lloyd i i could see it i can see it I, i'm not obsessed with it i'm thinking of his voice work as uh rasputin i believe in anastasia mm. i'm like okay of him going like big and i mean judge doom of course he could do oh, an yeah. over-the-top villain although judge doom very different very. kind of villain from hook um of what will be required and from him. exactly it's like he's still someone who knows how to like have a good time living in that space yeah. but it yeah it's it's a different thing he's more wound up i'm mm. more seeing him as like part one peter, peter. banning oh yeah you know yeah totally you, you know what I, he's he's too young for in 1991 but actually speak just, just christopher lloyd reminding me of back to the future michael j fox as peter if this oh had, yeah if this had come in like 90 98 
of him yeah. just being like, I don't have time for you kids. And then him realizing he's the boy that never grew up. Which kind of fits the face. If it's the know? height. If, oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I just think he'd be really good. I just, oh, hadn't, yeah. I just hadn't thought about Michael J. Fox. Um, but yeah, Christopher Lloyd, I don't know. Love this option. Donald Sutherland was considered. Oh, oh, yes. Cut yeah. and print. Cut and print. I would love it. I'd love it. The way that he's dressed in those Hunger Games movies with his long, flowing white hair and big, great big bushy beard. I'm like, just shave it so it's just the mustache. Let him also. I mean, I guess it's also funny that it's clearly dyed because then he loses the wig in the sword right. fight and his hair is like dignity. balding and white. But um, I'm like, let Hook be, you know, let him be gray. Let him have a big gray gray beard and a little little white mustache instead. Who cares? Uh, and finally, David bowie turned <gasps> it down why david why i know so like this if it wasn't for soap dish like it and if he didn't turn it down it would have been kevin klein and david bowie which wow. i kind of i'm here want. for that i'm really I here for it here for it yeah <laughs> oh now, i love it instead in 1991 which maybe david bowie had to turn it down because he had scheduling conflicts he was in this movie the linguini incident Mm-hmm. where he and Rosanna Arquette are two disgruntled restaurant employees who decide to rob their employers. I just love the title. Is the Linguini Incident. Me. The Linguini Incident. Yeah, that's a movie, apparently. Well, things happen. Things, they do happen. Uh, so those are all the characters that I found other casting options for, but there are characters we didn't mention, so I want to briefly touch on them, including all of these little mini cameos, including Phil Collins as, like, the head inspector. Oh, singer phil collins wow uh, i did not realize uh, yeah that. he's in this teeny tiny role as like the inspector that's like oh we're gonna find your kids and then he just given the literary history of the family right out of the film well, uh, do nothing yeah nothing at all uh yeah you just have an unnecessary subplot of him of phil collins running around neverland being like i'm on the i'm on the case uh of course as we mentioned Gwyn- baby gwyneth paltrow her second movie peter because she is steven spielberg's goddaughter, goddaughter yeah. which sure does help Sure does help. Sure folks. does help if you're like, I want to do a tiny role in a big budget if, film when if, I'm 19. If you're thinking about breaking into movies, maybe consider is your godfather a famous director? Maybe consider being born uh, <laughs> into a family that's a big showbiz family. And if you're not, maybe go get reborn. Just maybe can, can you do that? Is could you do that? Maybe just try that out. See how it works. Right. Um. If you want to be an actor, you better have your Instagram TikTok followers be over you know 10 million, and you need to be Steven Spielberg's goddaughter. Your or mom godson. better be Blythe Danner, <laughs> and your father Bruce Paltrow. Right. And as we had mentioned, Glenn Close plays Gutless, the male. God bearded list. pirate who gets locked the in the boo box which that was terrifying as a kid of just oh, scorpions yeah. getting thrown well, it's so in a box funny because i haven't again haven't watched this in so many years and so i hadn't seen it since i knew that was glenn close so like people would be like oh glenn close right. is the pirate in the boo box and i was like oh yeah i remember the boo box but like uh, just one boo the oh boo, the boo box excuse me not the boo boo box the boo box <laughs> The boo box. Um, it's, but, it's the box where you get those boo-boos. But then watching... From scorpions. Like, seeing how she's made up and everything, it's like, oh, it's obviously Glenn Close, but it's not obviously Glenn Close. Like I, I would never see this and be like, is that Glenn Close? No, no. But and also, but I was just like, oh, I remember this like moment where the pirate like, <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> squinches up his face. Be like, I, this is Glenn Close? I know. What a random cameo. Like, how that happened? But it's delightful. I don't... No. But like, oh, you know what? I've got a week off. You want to make me up as a pirate and let me shoot for a day or two? Yeah, I'm trying to think if, like, was she in 
a Spielberg movie beforehand. Nothing comes to mind about like how she wound up. They're both super famous. I bet they knew each other socially. Well, that's true. Because she is in, um, Glenn Close is in The World According to Garp with Robin Williams, which was like, I think his like second Mm. big movie after Popeye, um, where she plays his mother, despite the fact that she's like the same age as maybe younger. Uh, So it might, it might be from that that she's good friends with Robin Williams and is like, oh, can we find like, you know, Glenn's young set. Like, oh, we could do something with her. Make her a pirate. I'm sure she'd That's probably hilarious. be like, yeah, make me a pirate. Make me a guy pirate. Yeah. Please stop oh, well, that, Of course. Uh, she crushes. That scene it's is great. very funny. It's so funny. Um, so there is the this couple on, I think they're like the bridge. Oh, yeah. The, the, the ones the, who. This kissing couple that like yeah. ri- rise up from the uh, fairy dust. That was George Lucas and Carrie Fisher. You're kidding. Nope. What? And why? He would never know it was them. I know. Well, I mean, Carrie Fisher's around doing the punch-ups for Tink. She's like, I'm here. And George Lucas and Spielberg are great buddies. You know, they created Indiana Jones together. So I'm sure he was around. Like, I'll I'll come around. Carrie Fisher's worked with George Lucas. uh, Sure, sure has. Sure has. And we got to talk about Rufio, Dante Bosco, 16 years old at the time of filming. I mean, he looks fresh, you know. Totally. But like, wow, that's a really wonderful performance. It is. He only had to attend one audition that was unheard it. of and he said i asked steven spielberg why he gave me the part and he told me out of all the kids that auditioned for the role that i was the only kid that scared him <gasps> which is important <laughs> yeah now He's he did so not go intense. he did not go on to say if it was because he brought his own sword and brought it up to like <laughs> spielberg's face and was, was like you're dead jolly man or whatnot you're dead. um <laughs> you're dead jolly man you're dead jolly man um, but I, I think it's so good. So Basco was an aspiring poet at the time and was very influenced by Dead Poet Society. So he and Robin Williams oh. would talk at length about their favorite poets in I between shooting. That. And at the end of filming, Williams gave him a limited edition copy of Walt Whitman's Leaves of Grass. And Basco said, consequently, I ended up opening a poetry venue out of my living room, which is now the largest open mic poetry venue in America called the Poetry Lounge. I love that. Yeah. I mean, Robin Williams, I mean, there's so, you know, especially after he passed away, like, uh, you could, so many stories, so many stories of, like, how on set that he's just, like, such a, was such a giving person. Yeah. I just love it. So- Let's do final thoughts. Are there any anyone else that we haven't touched upon yet or any other moments? The mother's that- wonderful. Yes. The woman who plays Moira. I wish that she was in more stuff. I mean, I know she's done stuff, but I haven't really seen her stuff. I think she's lovely. Yes, definitely. Uh, Caroline Goodall, who is also, she's in Schindler's List, Cliffhanger. Uh, I mean, still still working. Still just looking at her IMDb. It's still like three three one two three three movies in uh 2020 so she's such oh, a... she's on the crown lady doris in some episode of the oh. crown uh she's yeah. such a lovely flavor in this movie because like she's not in it very much but i don't feel like she is just some random wife you know like totally. she she feels very and it's it's a lot of it is what the actor is bringing to it you know i just think the relationships are very clear between her and williams and the grandmother and with the kids and i just think she does a lovely job with very little um and really makes an impact and this is just uh at the top of the movie when they are at the little peter pan play i i could not get over the prompter the teacher who's standing there feeding the lines to the children full volume i was like (laughs) if you're doing this the whole play this thing is gonna be three it's already a long play and then the kids all come in to sing in their like (laughs) ragtag like (laughs) peter pan godspell costumes and they're uh 
it's like clearly a professionally tracked children's choir and it's just i can't get that stupid song out of my head it's been in my head for three days now it's so like never never gonna grow up yuck i was like this is not in the play this is not in the play but now it's in my head forever that's a real like trim job this show it probably ran 40 minutes if that oh yeah and this yeah this is not you know the yeah, the uh, the barrier estate shows up to stop the show you're like uh <laughs> this is not our licensed version of peter pan so you're gonna shut it down right now shut it down <laughs> i want to end with this according to an interview with people magazine raushan hammond who played thud revealed that the scene where peter passes the sword to one of the lost boys at the end was improvised and that none of the cast oh. knew who he would pass the sword to except for robin williams and steven spielberg so all the reactions of the boys are genuine because they really don't know they're like any one of us could be made like the the new leader of the lost boys um which i thought he might give it to pockets at first but i was like oh it doesn't make sense the sword is taller than the the child himself (laughs) yeah i was like he couldn't he couldn't carry he couldn't hold it up (laughs) just put it in a pocket until he grows up (laughs) which he'll never do Ooh, true amy joe yes jeff what are you recommending this week I'm going to recommend the freaking delightful film Tea with the Dames, which I believe has like now a different title, a new title. But if you just look up Tea with the Dames, you will find it. It's Maggie Smith, Judy Dench, Joan Plowright and Eileen Atkins all sitting around at Joan Plowright's house in the country that she used to share with Laurence Olivier <laughs> talking about their lives and careers. And it is an hour and a half of delightful magic. And it's like, these are all like really famous actresses, but like none of them, they're, they're all like famous classical actresses, you know, that none of them were like a great beauty that was like, do you know, even though they're all like lovely looking women, it's, so they're not necessarily people who've had like all of these like features in more recent years, you know, so to get to like, hear these women talk about their lives and their careers and like maggie smith worked with Laurence olivier a lot they like go into like how he was difficult you know it's just very interesting to hear them all talk about their relationships to their craft and one another and i the first time i watched it, i was like on a regional gig so i was watching on my laptop in bed and i was like it was like the middle of the night and i was like hitting the mattress just to keep from <laughs> cracking up cuz it's just so delightful and so in these times i think it's good to have things that are like really fun and just interesting and to celebrate to celebrate these lives of these like this older generation of actors you know i feel like there's they're they're most of them still working or at least to a certain extent but it's just like you know we tend to do like puff pieces on you know, much younger performers. So I think there's something really wonderful about celebrating these older, legendary women. Love it. Jeff? Amy Jo? What you recommending? Uh, well, you know, watching another film with Bob Hoskins, another great Bob Hoskins performance, uh, I want to recommend the 1986 film Mona Lisa, because uh, it was, as we said, his only Oscar nomination was this film, which I'd not seen. I only saw recently for the first time. And it's like a revelation of a performance. He is this like freshly out of jail for like formerly in the criminal underworld, this guy, George, who winds up getting a job driving 
a like a high class call girl around as he slowly just gets involved in her world and trying to like help her there's like a villain great villainous michael kane performance we love it but his performance i i don't know how else to describe it it's early uh, neil jordan movie so crying game and interview with the vampire um but it's just this great like dark crime drama slash romance uh if you like bob hoskins as much as i did and from the few things i've seen him in uh do yourself a favor check him out in mona lisa because it's probably his best work and that's what we're recommending this week so we want to say thanks again to nicole for writing in and requesting we look at hook thank you nicole yes thank you this is great to revisit i would never have watched this again if it wasn't for this podcast because i wouldn't have thought to we rewatched it because there's some stuff that really holds up that is really beautiful oh agreed i got like legit laughs so much of this film like i enjoyed this i was worried that i would watch this and find it unwatchable and there, there's some stuff of like the just the 90s-ness of the skateboarding lost boys yeah uh but i i wound up absolutely enjoying it uh and a lot of these performances that i was pleasantly surprised for by. sure um so if you have a movie that you love for us to break down the casting of once again email us at and almost starring at gmail.com and let us know you can find us on instagram or facebook at and almost starring And if you're enjoying the show, feel free to leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And thanks for joining us to see who almost starred. (laughs) 